Hi guys, welcome back to uh, the Gunk Cast. We're here today with Emmy-nominated makeup artist Brian Kinney. Thank you so much, Brian, for being here today. I know you're a busy man, so we really, really appreciate your time. Um, and today we're going to be talking a bit about sensory mood boards. Um, and Brian, I'm going to ask you, would you say that you have like a set process when it comes to like get your creativity flowing? How does that kind of work? Well, I think with, with creativity, I'm constantly surrounded by projects and sort of triggers for creativity. A lot of times um, I'll have music, like I'm a, I'm a vinyl junkie, so I'm always spinning records. So I have records, I have comic books, I have movies, I have books, I have uh, childhood toys. Like this is a, I have a Dracula doll here from when I was, I think I got one of these when I was about five years old. So, um, I'll start tinkering with something. I'll start thinking about doing a custom uh, toy or maybe uh, rereading a comic book and then thinking, I want to do a makeup based on a character that was in this comic that scared me. And I find I, a lot of times when I'm sort of immersed in all of this, I start finding themes and uh, unifying links. Like a lot of things that I've been into lately just happen to have a lot of this, this bright green color. This is a, a weird square 45 record that I have. Uh, it's bright green. And then another album I've been listening to is is green as well. Um, some of the characters I've been playing with are green. So what I do with this creativity or, or these inspirations is I think of side projects and things to work on. What ends up happening is it feeds into the next project that I do. So I've just booked a project coming up that I'm starting in 10 days. And it turns out all of this influence that's around me is going to affect how I'm going to paint the style I'm going for. It's almost like a, I put it out there to the universe and now I'm going to get to harness some of this inspiration and pour it into my work. So I think really what you need to do with the mood board is uh, create an atmosphere that, that it stimulates you, inspires you, and you can work within that atmosphere, but then you'll, you'll almost draw in energy from outside forces that'll, um, that your, your current mood will enhance, if that makes sense like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> um, do you have, do you find sometimes, especially during a pandemic, do you find that um, it's made you kind of search more for creativity or do you find it's done the opposite and it's made you take a step back and you've found that you've had more inspiration during this pandemic? Well, I think early on, everybody was uh, hot to use this newfound time. So suddenly people were learning languages and recording albums and writing books and sort of putting all this content out there. And I think I was a little more withdrawn, uh, just kind of uh, finishing side projects, a lot of loose ends around me. And only later on did I find that there's, there's no pressure. It's not like lockdown is going to end tomorrow. So there's no need to write a novel right now while I have the time. Just start working on different projects and, and let it come. I think the important thing to remember with the pandemic is it's, it's been a mental strain, an ongoing mental strain. So it's important to remember to be good to yourself. I might have a day planned ahead where I'm going to work on a project and I have it all mapped out. If I wake up the next day and I feel awful, there's nothing wrong with just having a duvet day. You know, you make yourself a cup of tea, watch a movie, and you're not meant to exert yourself too much creatively it'll come when it comes. So I think it's, I think it's important to 
listen to your, your body, listen to your surroundings and, and know when it's time to act and when it's time to just kind of heal and, and be kind and just, just uh, give yourself a break. Yeah, definitely. I think also um, me personally, I'm in my student accommodation, which is like such a small room, like it's literally a box. Um, so I kind of struggle to find inspiration when I'm in the same environment day after day. Um, but I think it is important, like you said, to um, kind of yeah be kind to yourself and not always necessarily think that you have to be doing something every single day. And also I think to find inspiration, um, it's really important to look in your past, like you said, with um, your um, your props that you had from like comics that you read as a, as a kid and um, dolls that you liked. Um, and I think I kind of want to challenge our listeners to think back to TV shows that they used to watch, music that they like. I know me personally, I look back at the hairstyles that my mum used to do on me as a child um, and like into my culture and stuff. And that's really helped me with my FMP. So I think I really want to challenge our listeners to do that as well. From unlikely places, uh, kind of unexpected. Um, but yeah, it's important to, to kind of dig into the tapestry and the fabric of your past. And oftentimes, you know, if you're trying to create something that'll inspire, really think about moments that inspired you and how you could pay that forward. That kind of feeling. I have found personally during this pandemic, I'm very much on my phone a lot. And that feed that you get through Instagram and Pinterest. So like you said about your vinyls, it's it's the color green. And then you can sort of base ideas off of that. I find looking at Pinterest and Instagram, it's almost doing the work for me. And I find that's almost making me personally quite lazy. And I know some other people probably feel like that as well. What What advice would you give to maybe kind of avoid that sort of um habit that we get into um well i i correct me if i'm wrong but i think what you're talking about is a lot of times you see images it's like a fully formed piece of art or the way it's presented it, it can be sensory overload and sometimes you just want to see a color or you just want to see a painting or hear a piece of music you don't need something that's completely assembled and sort of uh birthed whole, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so I think it's all right to kind of strip it back to basic elements. Um, there's no need to have a fully formed uh, film or album or, or novel. Sometimes you can just put um, subtle bits of art out to the world or find lesser pieces or break something down into individual elements. I also think um, when it comes to like Instagram and Pinterest and these kind of like online forums where you can gain inspiration. I personally find it difficult because I think it's so easy to copy. It's so easy to be like, oh, this is amazing. Like I'm going to do this as well. And then you kind of get into that mindset where you're not really creating anything new and you feel like original that hasn't been done. Um, so like you said, going back to basics, and I feel like looking and thinking about sensory mood boards, preparing for this, um, it's kind of brought me back to the origins of like true inspiration rather than looking at work of artists that I kind of want to copy, I guess you could say. I can see at the moment that behind you, you've got, it's such a busy background behind you, you Brian. You use your space around you almost like your sensory mood board. I do. I mean, where I am right now is actually 
uh, garage that I've turned into uh, a pub. So I had this idea when I moved into my house three years ago that I was going to create an old school pub in this garage and basically fill it with memorabilia. So it's you can't see it all, but it's wall to wall toys and posters and albums and a lot of pieces of uh, family history, photographs and things that belong to my mother and my grandfather. So I feel like this is sort of a, a living mood board. I come in here, even though it's technically a pub, I come in here and I listen to music and I'm inspired to sit down and write or tinker with something or, or, or brainstorm, get some ideas. Uh, so I like having, I mean, everybody needs, you know, you can call it a man cave, whatever, <laughs> but this feels more than that. I mean, it not only feels like it's a, a time warp stepping back 30, 40 years into, um, you know, certain colors and surroundings that were of the time, basically my childhood colors, you know, the walls are red, the carpet is orange and brown. There's a lot of dark wood. So um, stepping into this just kind of surrounds you with, with bits of inspiration, almost too much. It can be sensory overload, I'll be honest. Uh, it's easy to get distracted. I was the same way when I was a little kid. I had so much stuff in my room, I needed to focus. It wasn't a good idea for me to study in my bedroom because I had toys and, and posters and stuff everywhere. So it's, it's kind of that sensory overload, but there's no shortage of pieces of inspiration around you. I think um, you might call it multitasking, but I think you could also call it, um, well, getting distracted and losing focus. But a lot of times I work on more than one project at one time. So I'm working on something and then I take a break from that and I go on to something else. And I, I just kind of keep my hand in several pies at the same time. And I find that just, it keeps me from getting bored. Sometimes it's easier to be busy when you're already busy. Exactly. Sometimes I feel like I don't deserve a break. So taking a break from one project is working on another project. So there's no real downtime. You're always kind of jumping into something else. What do you do? Do you ever get into scenarios where you feel quite worn out though? How would you overcome that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it, when I do get worn out, I think I just need to take a break from something. Um, if I work on something too long, I will get burned out and I'll need to give myself a day or a lot of times I'll try to look at something with fresh eyes. If there's something that I really love, like a movie or an album, I'll stop and I'll ask myself, why? Is this something I truly love now? Or is it something I've loved for 20 years? Therefore, I just say that I love it or feel that I love it. I break down what is it about it that continues to inspire me, if anything. The other thing I'll do is I'll take something that doesn't really inspire me or traditionally hasn't inspired me, but I'll look at it with fresh eyes. I just got into a couple bands that 20, 25 years ago, I thought they were absolute crap because I, I just wasn't into that kind of music at the time. I listened to it with fresh ears and I thought, my God, this is, the timing is right now. This wasn't right for me then, but it's right for me now. So it's interesting to see what else have I neglected or, or kind of pushed away all this time that might fit in my, my, my realm, my, my, my sphere of influence right now. Yeah, I also think um, with that, keep like you said, keeping an open mind, um, I know personally, in like my first year of uni obviously I'm in my third year now I kind of I think it's more of a confidence thing as well with being open-minded like I kind of with hair for example I literally thought I was terrible like if you asked me to do like a certain braid or something like I would literally like cry and I would like literally not rather not do it um but I think I kind of just kind of accepted that I couldn't do it but then once I was more open-minded and I kind of forced myself to learn that new skill, then 
I gained inspiration from, like I said, hairstyles from when I was younger, um, watching different shows. And I think that really helped me like grow my own skill set as well. Do you, um, Brian, have you ever had a scenario where you found yourself struggling a lot or say like you've tried something maybe in your early days when you first got into the career was there anything that you were um doubting yourself in and how did you push yourself to carry on uh i think just you know um, trial and error practice makes perfect i think i found that there would be certain jobs i wouldn't care for certain tasks i wouldn't care for i wouldn't think i was good at or i wasn't necessarily doing it the right way either because there wasn't enough budget or I wasn't, I didn't have the proper time frame. But whatever I was doing, I found that it just happened to prepare me for the next job. So if I suddenly had to do 10 bald caps, assembly line style in one hour for a low budget production with one assistant, it's it's gonna be what it is. It's That's not a great scenario to be in. But doing that kind of prepared me for doing uh, a couple decent bald caps in the next job that makes sense or I would do a clown makeup or something and it would be almost like practice then the next project would have a clown makeup and I would I would have my my routine down so I feel like I started to look at it that way even if there was something I struggled with I didn't I really was gonna not enjoy this I told myself there's a reason this is in front of me right now this is your chance to you know um, give it a go and somehow there's going to be a payoff later that you don't see down the line so obviously it's quite a challenging time for students nowadays during a pandemic. It's easy to lose motivation. And I feel like opportunities are a lot more limited as to what they were. What um, advice would you give to students at the moment wanting to become makeup artists all of that? What advice would you give them to stay motivated and to keep them going? Well, I know it's, yeah, the scenario has changed with lockdown and the pandemic. We're not getting to do as much hands-on working with models, um, you know, actual makeups as we used to. So I think um, what it's forced me to do at least is a lot more preparation, like pre-painting a prosthetic appliance. Whereas before I might've thought I'll get it on, step back, see how I like it. And then I'll, I'll you know, um, finesse it. Now I might take an appliance piece, pre-paint it the day before, because I know when I do work with somebody, they're going to be in the chair less and I'm going to be under PPE and there's a lot more pressure to get it finished. So you can't, you can't sort of faff about the way you used to. So um, I would say to students, there's a lot of prep that you could do. You might not be able to apply a prosthetic appliance right now, but you can certainly paint it. You could certainly make a few versions, paint them, you know, really get your, your prep down that makes sense. Um, also, I think it's really important to remember that um, students today might not have the portfolio students a year or two years ago had because there's less experience, less hands-on, less models, less work. I don't want anyone to be discouraged by that because I had a pretty crappy portfolio when I came out of school, but within three months, I'd added work, three months of graduating school, I'd added work from other projects and my portfolio evolved. So whatever your portfolio is today, as soon as you start working from day one, it will evolve. And in a best case scenario, I find that the jobs are not based on your portfolio. There's plenty of people that look good on paper, but are they a team player? Do they work well with others? If you meet somebody and you get on, that's more than half of it. Um, so it's not about being 
the best sculptor, the best painter, the best artist. Sometimes it's about having some people skills. Can you hold a conversation? Uh, can you read the room and know when to have a fun dance party, cracking jokes, and when to just keep silent and keep your head down and get your work done? So a lot of it, when you get when you start getting jobs, it's going to be working with designers, working with teams, getting to know them, and then that leads to your next job. The three out of the last four jobs that I've done since September during the pandemic have been with designers and contacts that I know, they know my work. We do one project, we get on, next project rolls around and you just kind of get pulled on. So a lot of students, once you get your foot in the door, you just get, you meet people that you get on with and it just, it starts rolling. So do you think during um, this pandemic, it's a good idea to sit down and obviously you've got your niche um, do you think it's a good time for students especially to sit down, experiment with their work, create their sensory mood boards and sort of find what they're passionate about and expand that? I think so, because um, it, it's sort of like if you've, if you paint and you've taken art classes, that's great. But what if you listen to music and that somehow that inspires you to be a better painter or you watch a movie and you find a color. So I feel like we should all challenge ourselves. We're not just makeup artists. We're not just hairstylists. Um, we're artists in a bigger sense. So expose yourself to more art, more mixed media. Um, I think now is the, the time to realize that everything that inspires you is just another tool for your arsenal. It's just something that's going to keep you um, creative down the line. Okay, guys, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. Make sure you follow us at Gunk Collective on Instagram and tune in next week to hear more. Thanks. See you later.